At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello, friend, and welcome back to Foul Play. Thank you for joining us on this third and final chapter on The Dark Assassin. The circumstances surrounding Amy Allwine's death were puzzling. As the investigation progressed, it was revealed that Amy had been poisoned with a lethal dose of scopolamine. Further digging into Stephen Allwine's digital footprint uncovered his use of the dark web and his attempts to procure the drug. As the evidence against Stephen mounted, he confessed to having an extramarital affair, but denied killing Amy. That lie was caught when the police found Dog Day God's Bitcoin wallet address saved in Stephen's iPhone. On January 17, 2017, Stephen Allwine was apprehended and charged with second degree murder. A long overdue decision given the mountain of evidence against him. Stephen managed to post the $500,000 bail not long after and returned to the home he once shared with Amy, but not with his son. Following his arrest, Joe Allwine stayed with his grandparents under supervised contact. Stephen was arrested once again, only two weeks later. After attempting to communicate with his son, his bail was increased to 600000 which he paid and returned home. On March the 24th, 2017, a grand jury met and elevated Stephen's charge to first-degree murder. Unable to meet the conditional $1 million bail, Stephen was forced to stay in prison until his trial. The trial commenced on January 23, 2018, with the prosecution working tirelessly to establish Dog Day God's identity and bring Stephen Allwine to justice. They argue that Stephen drugged Amy with a massive dose of scopolamine during lunch shot her after their son left with the grandparents and then staged the crime scene. They claimed he spent the rest of the day cleaning up the blood and visiting public places to establish an alibi. Several witnesses testified against Stephen, including the escort he spent a night with and a Bitcoin trader who claimed to have sold Bitcoin to Stephen. And while having affairs hardly makes someone a murderer, it does suggest unhappiness within a marriage and a willingness to break marital vows. 
So, after eight hours of deliberation, the jury found Stephen guilty. He received a mandatory life sentence without parole. And despite the ruling, Stephen continues to maintain his innocence, claiming he was set up and his cloud backup was hacked. However, considering the circumstances, it seems implausible and raises the question of why someone would go to such lengths to murder Amy and frame Stephen. Throughout Stephen's cheating and scheming, Amy's trust in her husband never wavered, and she couldn't have imagined the danger that awaited her in her own home. But elsewhere, across the Atlantic, things were getting more entangled and dangerous between Chris Montiero and Besa Mafia. Besa Mafia was operated by an individual known as Yura, which was most likely an alias. When the site was compromised and shut down, Chris Montiero was back in England giving interviews about Besa Mafia and Yura, an action that put Chris on Yura's radar, which wasn't a good place to be. Yura downplayed the significance of the leak to his clients, stating they were definitely not a scam and that no bitcoins were lost. The website was hacked, but the hackers only managed to get some information on a few users. In the meantime, he began working on launching a brand new website with the same promises. Meanwhile, Montiero, along with the scammer baiter with the user named Judge Judy, aimed to build upon the previous efforts by BRSPDs to permanently dismantle Euro's operation. Using the data from BRSPD's dump, they successfully hacked the website. Montiero even gained access to Euro's Gmail. He sifted through the administrator's communications, discovering emails about purchasing an English course, contacting freelancers for advertising and chill sites, and details about Bitcoin transactions. With this information and the two BRSPD leaks, the duo acquired the cryptographic keys needed to control Beso Mafia's domain. And with all of that, they could take the website down. There was no intricate plan or long-term strategy behind the decision. Montiero would later admit, quote, I just wanted to disrupt the operation. It was also personal revenge. I can talk about the greater good, but it's personal. It's many things. My individual focus shifts from day to day. Chris compares the whole thing to a meticulously orchestrated Ocean's Eleven-style mission. They copied all of Baser Mafia's content, intending to hand it over to the police, and took the website offline, redirecting users to a site they had created. The new page featured an image of a closed, rusty door, and overlaid was a message, quote, Baser Mafia has closed for business. After six months of scamming criminals for their bitcoins and stealing over a hundred bitcoins, the site has closed. No one was ever beaten up or killed. End quote. As visitors to the website read this, 
a track from The Sound of Music played in the background. So long, farewell, Alvida saying goodbye. Back at Montiero's place, he and Judge Judy uncorked a bottle of champagne to celebrate. But this was hardly the end of the story. With his new website, Jura went on to dupe thousands, and there's no evidence that he ever successfully arranged a hit or any other criminal act. In January 2017, Monterio connected with the NCA through an acquaintance who had a contact in the organisation's intelligence unit. After exchanging emails with an operative who didn't use his real name, Ontario was invited to a confidential meeting in central London. For over an hour, Montiero informed the officers about the shocking content he discovered after infiltrating the website's messaging system. Prospective organ harvesters, requests for mutilation, and individuals seeking to commit matricide. He proposed that the intended victims should be warned and pointed out that Jura, undaunted by the Baser Mafia debacle, was now running a new assassination marketplace called Crime Bay. The site used the same source code as Baser Mafia, conveniently enabling Montiero to continue monitoring the site's communications. The officers said they would follow up with him for a data handover, but never asked him to show what he had so far. The only document they looked at was on an A3 printout outlining the complexities of Baser Mafia's operations. The document, part timeline, part list and part flowchart, contained a breakdown of the various hacks and data dumps the website had experienced and even a top 10 list of the site's most dangerous users in a fully wikified format. After all, Chris was an avid Wikipedia editor and he had started organising his findings on the Baser Mafia in a password-protected Baser Wiki. And one of the most wanted users on Montiero's A3 was a person looking to kill a woman in Minnesota. Username? Dog Day God. Dog Day God first contacted Yura in February 2016. He was determined to kill a woman residing in Cottage Grove, Minnesota, and he was flexible about the method. Initially advocating for a hit and run or an intentional traffic collision, but later suggesting more reckless approaches, such as shooting the target and setting her house on fire. Dog Day God seemed to harbor intense hostility towards his intended victim, exchanging emails rife with anger and hatred. The conversation continued for months before abruptly ending with Dog Day God fed up with Yura's unconvincing excuses for not completing the hit and demanded a refund. On May 31st, 2016, the FBI contacted Amy Allwine and informed her that someone was out for blood. As you know by now, Amy Allwine was murdered on November 13, 2016 by Stephen Allwine, also known as Dog Day God. He claimed she had committed suicide, but the mountain of evidence was clear as was the fact that Amy had a $700,000 life insurance policy whose beneficiary 
will be Stephen. When Stephen was sentenced, Chris Montiero went through a mix of emotions. One was relief that he was right about approaching the police with the information he got from Basa Mafia. Second was that it wasn't early enough to prevent Amy's death. Weeks passed. On a Friday evening in February, Montiero was at home sipping pumpkin soup in front of his six illuminated computer screens. There was a noise at his front door and he got up to investigate. Seconds later, a red battering ram broke through the white door and armed police officers stormed in. They pinned Montiero against the wall and handcuffed him. After seizing his computer, they photographed the room and requested the passwords to all his devices. Approximately 15 minutes later, they threw Montiero in the back of a van and drove him to the nearest police station, still not giving him an explanation of what was going on. At the station, an NCA officer informed him that he had been brought in for an incitement to murder in connection with Bessa Mafia. It seemed that Montiero had been arrested as a result of a misinformation campaign. But it wasn't entirely out of the blue. Though it seemed abrupt, Chris had been expecting something like this to happen, at least since Yura had threatened to expose Montiero as a police officer. In June 2016, when Montiero hacked into Yura's email account, he noticed that the fraudster had created email addresses using his name and the name of Eileen Ormsby, an Australian journalist who had also reported on Bessa Mafia. In the months that followed, Yura had instructed his team of freelancers to create websites spreading false information about Ormsby's and Montiero's involvement in the assassination market. These WordPress blogs were not overly sophisticated, but they had strong search engine optimization. And some had clearly made their way to the NCA. The application for a warrant to search Chris's home cited one of these blogs as evidence, stating, quote, open source reporting shows that Chris Montiero and two other subjects created the Hitman for Hire website, Basa Mafia, on the dark web. The warrant application continued, arguing that searching Montiero's residence was crucial because as the alleged site administrator, he might possess more victim data and criminal evidence. Because of that website, Chris ended up spending two days in a custody suite, growing increasingly anxious, pacing his cell, reading the only book available to him, an autobiography by a golfer. What followed were numerous interviews with the officers, and it was clear to Chris that the NCA agents hadn't told the police who he was. The NCA agents had not informed their colleagues of Chris's collaboration with them, nor that he claimed to be Yora's self-proclaimed adversary. But he couldn't immediately prove his dealings with the NCA. 
at least not at that moment, because he didn't know the agent's full names, nor did he have access to his devices. For Montiero, the interrogations blended incompetence with dark humor. He found himself explaining the absurdity of his Bodie McBoatface alias and facing questions about whether his video game habits inspired him to create the Besa Mafia. Eventually, Montiero convinced the agents to examine the Besa Wiki on his computer, where they'd find everything they needed. Target names, messages, Bitcoin payment data, server IPs, and information on how to access Crime Bay's backdoor. Finally, on Sunday, February 5th at midnight, Montiero was released on bail. Once he returned to his flat, it was clear he needed to change the doorframe, and the space was unlivable until then. He stayed with Judge Judy that night. But Yura hadn't quite seen justice served the way he wanted. June 2017 The police told Chris's lawyer that they couldn't do anything else. Soon after, the NCA initiated an international operation, tracking down several Besa Mafia users and charging them with intent to commit a crime. And so began the arrests. In March 2017, the police arrested David Crichton, a doctor who had ordered a hit on his financial advisor. Crichton didn't pay the website and later claimed he only placed the order out of frustration. He was cleared of any wrongdoing in July 2018. Another Crime Bay user in Denmark, Italian-born Emanuela Consortini, was arrested after an NCA tip-off and sentenced to six years in prison for commissioning the murder of an ex-boyfriend. It wasn't until May 2017 that the NCA and Bulgarian police finally shut down the Crime Bay website. Following this news, Montiero assumed Yura had also been captured and imprisoned. So now, Chris's dark net sleuthing days were over. He hung up his hat and went back to editing wiki articles. And all was normal again. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Until December 2017, Chris received an email from Yura, who accused Montiero of immorality. Yura claimed that exposing Besa Mafia as a scam could have led users to stop wasting time and resources on the site and kill their targets themselves. He labeled Montiero as Amy Allwine's true murderer. How was he not imprisoned? The full scope of the situation came to light in early 2018 
When CBS's 48 Hours contacted Montiero about the all-wine case, seeking to interview him about his encounter with Yura. While preparing for the interview, Montiero discovered Yura had launched a new website called Cosa Nostra. Yura even created a new persona for himself under Italian boss Barbosa. And once again, the website used the same source code as Besa Mafia, allowing Montiero access to the chats. It seemed like Montiero would have to go digging again, just as he had in 2016. For a while, it seemed possible that the new website was a law enforcement trap. But this didn't seem likely, because every time Montiero provided CBS with details about Cosa Nostra, that tip made its way to the local police, which led to investigations. To put it simply, Chris's findings were causing arrests all the way to Singapore and Texas. He tried to pass the findings from Cosa Nostra to the police again, getting his lawyer to email the NCA about murder plots devised on Yura's constantly rebranded websites, including Cosa Nostra, Sicilian Hitman, Komara Hitman, Indrangheta Hitman, Yakuza Mafia, and Bratva Mafia. Through his lawyer, the NCA advised Montiero to call their hotline to report potential offenses and warned him about assessing the assassination marketplace correspondence using illegal methods. This left Montiero in a predicament. The hotline was hardly an efficient way to pass on information. But if these murder sites had taught him anything, it was that victims mentioned in these chats were dead people walking. He had to save them. And the only way to do that was to dig out information using less than legal methods. So, he continues to look. He set up Google Alerts for each target's name in case anything ever happened to them, even if authorities had been notified. And that is how he discovered the news about the murder of Brian Noahe. According to Clarksville PD, on June 8th, 21-year-old Noahe was on leave from the Fort Knox base. He had stolen a gun from a shooting range in the town's northwest. Noahe was later found dead on June 9th, face down under the stairs of a baseball field announcer's box. The coroner quickly determined that he had died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, and the case was closed within days. But whoever ordered the hit on one of Yara's websites knew that Brian would be in Indiana during that time, and that he would stay at a certain Airbnb, the address of which was also included in the order notes. Detective Ray Hall, the officer in charge of the investigation at Clarksville PD, still determined the case open and shut. 
he already knew about the Toonbib conversation and found no factual evidence of a link between them, insisting it was nothing but a suicide. It was an odd dismissal, especially given that Brian's parents were never fully briefed on the case. Samuel Noahe had no idea there was an assassination market out there and that someone had paid such a sight to kill his son. Even without that information, the police officers provided inconsistent reports, and the bullet that killed Brian was never found. Samwell even added that Brian's computer, camera, and two phones had vanished, which was odd since Brian was a small-time Instagram and YouTube celebrity. He would never leave anywhere without his devices. It's worth noting that Brian also had a $400,000 life insurance policy, and he had recently changed the beneficiary to a female friend a month before he died. Neither Samwell nor his wife knew the woman. Yura remains as elusive as ever. Those who claim to have met him say he always boasted about making a lot of money, which would make sense giving his Bitcoin holdings. As of April 2023, Bitcoin is worth $28,166. Counting payments from Stephen Allwine alone, Yura would have at least $700,000. He claims to be Albanian, but freelancers who have worked with him recall his IP address originating from Romania. Eileen Ormsby, the Australian journalist who had multiple email conversations with him, believed Yura was in his 20s. Regardless, Yura continues to evade the law. He once revealed he dreamed of opening his own restaurant with the money he earned through his several murder-for-hire websites. It's possible he went on to open that restaurant and is now living among us as any other citizen. It's also possible he is creating more websites and scamming would-be killers. The Darknet Assassin series has certainly taken us on a harrowing journey through the twisted world of online murder-for-hire schemes and their consequences. While it may be easy to dismiss these online platforms as mere scams, the series has shown that they can inadvertently expose the darker intentions of those seeking to harm others. Thank you for listening, and make sure to subscribe as we continue to explore the sinister corners of human behavior and delve deeper into the mysteries and moral complexities that surround the most chilling of cases. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.